begin with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, today we pray that we would taste and see that love unknown, that love that is mysterious and powerful and challenging. We would see how much you care for us, that we could embody that same kind of care for ourselves and for one another. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Let all of God's people say. So part four of our series, Flip the Switch, and today flipping the switch on apathy. Let's go ahead and define the word first. We don't always use it. Apathy, to be without passion, to be without care. I use passion because you can see that word in the root word of apathy. Here's the opposite, empathy, to have passion and to have care. And today we're kind of asking a big and kind of confusing question. How can a person come to not care about something? Here's the three things I think everybody cares about deep down or should care about. People, my life and others, life and what we're going through. And maybe if I was speaking to a non-Christian, I wouldn't have to go right with God. I would say, what about the big questions of what we're here for and why and all of that? How can a person get to that place where they just don't seem to care about something? And today we'll look at a little bit of the how and the why people become apathetic. But really, as I was approaching the message, I knew uh, my ultimate goal was to highlight how much God cares for us. That it's only that gospel, the gospel, that can recreate us and motivate us when we find ourselves in a place where we just have no care, no motivation. The gospel truth in one word is grace, and uh, it's related to the word care. These are synonyms for the word that we use in Greek for grace, a favor and gift and thanksgiving and care. That's the gospel truth, the grace of God, and we know he shapes us to have that same grace, that same care towards him, towards life, towards other people. The psalmist in Psalm 42, which I'm going to read in a second, says deep cries out to deep. We read it in the call to worship. There is something inside every single human being that longs desperately, longs desperately to be cared for. At the root of all the things we've gone through, looking at things like anxiety and anger and, and complaining, is at the root of that is the fact that we might not feel cared for. We long desperately to feel the care of God and others. And so that's why we do this series, because we care about how desperate we can all be and how unique and complex each of our lives is. And we care for you and for everyone. And so we've encouraged each other through this series to have the counselors and the friends and the tools and the family to literally have the people that are willing to undertake a dangerous journey, caring for people, caring deeply, Caring costs a little bit, doesn't it? We know that in the life of our Lord. But therein is the power, this very personal uh, nature to the Christian faith. It's a very personal thing between God, between us. And, you know, when things get personal, gets a little dangerous, gets a little sticky, gets a little wild. And listen to that, the emotions of the, of the back and forth, the up and down in the prayer of uh, whoever first prayed this prayer, Psalm 42, deep cries out to deep at the roar 
of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. There's a sense of even being overwhelmed by this, whatever we're going through in this moment, being overwhelmed by God. By day still, the Lord commands his steadfast love at night. His song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. And still, he says, I say to God, who's my rock? Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go about mourning? Because of the oppression of the enemies, anxiety and anger, complaining. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Why are you in turmoil within? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. He is my salvation. He is my God. When people encounter God in the scriptures, it's a very personal experience, and those experiences are usually, for lack of a better word, challenging and intense. Moments where we feel like we, we can't get through it. It's just too much. I can't handle it. And still, the psalmist can say, I hope in God. If God cares for us, somehow, that's, that's the challenge, somehow we need to care about whatever that thing is before us today. But how is it that we come to this place of, of apathy, of not caring? I want to give three kind of quick reasons, and maybe one of them stands out to you. Maybe that's one thing that, that causes you to not care. And then we're going to move, I think, quickly into analyzing the care that we see from God. But reason one, uh, kind of like that prayer, the roar of the waves and, and the ocean, all these things coming down over us, there's too much to care about in my life and let alone the world around us. That's very much our situation uh, in our world today. And yet, uh, somebody said C.S. Lewis, who was alive, I think, during at least both of the world wars, uh, even back then, uh, he said, don't read the newspaper. <laughs> Don't read the, I'm like, I'm thinking back then they trusted their news. It was, that's where everybody, you know, gathered to learn. Um, and even back then he would say, be careful. Be careful about the news. Be careful about trusting what these people are saying the situation is because there's always something more. And if you're not careful, those things will overwhelm you. And that's the world, let alone our own lives and all the aspects of our lives. Maybe you feel that way. There's a little bit too much to care about. And in that same vein, then we just feel so helpless. And in Matthew's gospel of that feeding story, he uses two words that Mark did. The people were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And the fact is that I think all of us really do care about so many things. But we're also terribly aware of our own selfish ways. We doubt that we can change things. We don't find something, if we don't find something, though, that matters to us, at least at home, in this community, just starting here, then definitely we're missing something if we just are so helpless that we're not doing a thing. We feel helpless, and really, this is our situation. We are blessed, and we are cursed with comfort. It's easy not to care when you have most of the things people care about. Food, shelter, and protection. It's easy not to care about all the other things going on in this world. So, what is the worst thing somebody could say to you? If they really wanted to hurt you, what's the worst thing that they could say? I don't care. I don't care about you. 
and we've all said it, maybe not the words, but there are times in every relationship where the feeling inside is that I, I don't care about this person or I don't care about the situation or like the psalmist in the prayer, it's just a little bit too much. You don't know how to face the situation. I think nine times out of ten, we care, and you care, and you care so much that sometimes it's overwhelming. And so we're going to find ourselves back at the start of this series, and we're going to face anxiety and anger and complaining. But will you say, I don't, I don't care. I just don't care. I don't care to face those enemies that are that are attacking my life right now. And if you do find yourself in a place where you're really not caring about life, about one of those things, about yourself, about people and life and God, you're going to need a friend who cares for you. And I pray that by God's grace, they're going to remind you. And here's maybe a tagline if you like taking notes. I, I like how this sounded to me. We really, we can't, we cannot choose to not care I don't think most of us do that most of the time. We can only choose how to handle with care. Deep calls out to deep. That sense of longing for love and care is within each of us. We can't choose not to care. That is a fool's errand. Apathy is like the lukewarm church in Revelation 3. Jesus is like, I'd rather you be hot or even cold. I can work with that. But somebody who's somehow stuck in the middle and just doesn't care. They're just not even admitting reality. They're not admitting how much they care, how deeply you care. And so in the feeding of the 5,000 text uh, that we heard earlier, um, when Jesus then, uh, he directs his disciples to go do it, go care for the people by feeding them. Um, they don't believe that there's any use trying to care for those people in this situation. It doesn't look like it's going to matter at all. It's an impossible ask. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Jesus, he doesn't explain the situation. Now, here's how it's going to work, and then I'm going to go whoop and do a miracle, and it's going to be okay. He doesn't care about necessarily the situation. He focuses on the people. He shows them the people. The scripture shows us that is Jesus' heart. And the word in the Greek, at least I know in Matthew, I think in Mark, it means like a gut-wrenching compassion. He sees the people, and he has this gut-wrenching compassion. He sees people that are in need, and that has to matter. We have to care. And even when the disciples don't think it's much of an option, he shows them it is always the option, is to care for these people. And then how does Scripture um, describe these people. Not that they were tired, not that they were necessarily hungry, not that they were away from home. Uh, Matthew adds these words, they were harassed and helpless. Harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They were people who had no direction. What should they be caring about? What should their lives be meaning? And the miracle of God's grace is that uh, even there, in their confusion, they're in the right place. These people are in the right place. Um, they've been, as, as you heard earlier, they're hounding Jesus and the disciples. They don't want a moment without him in their midst. They only care about being near him, being near Jesus and, and his disciples. That's all they care about. 
And so if you look around the room today, if you wander this building or stop in during the week or go over to school uh, during event, what you're going to see is a lot of people caring. That's what I saw this week as I went through some things this week that were hard. But I had people there that cared about me in that moment. So on these are random ones. Somebody working on the roof uh, on top of the trustees who are doing it. Extra people working. A co-worker who says, seriously, I have the best co-workers ever. Wouldn't trade them for the world. Comfort dogs over at school. So much care. I know you know it. I know you see it. I know people feel it. That's why we get to have some new members joining today. Because they sense how much God's care is real in this place. And so this is... The end of the sermon, the only thing I care about is being in a place like that, near Jesus, around his kind of people, and it's going to be a lot of people that look harassed sometimes and look helpless and look stressed and might even mess up and make a fool of themselves. We might hurt each other, but are we going to believe uh, that the same God of, who cares for us is the same God in that person, and I'm looking for that kind of reality, not them and all their situations. We've all got it. We've all got those situations, but I'm looking for the God who is showing care somehow. Can I do it? Do I need it in this moment? Where can we care for each other? Well, this is the place to be near Jesus, to be near his people. I think that's the only antidote to apathy. What we do here matters. We care about every person and every situation that we're facing. So, don't, we can't choose not to care, folks. I know you know that. But let's, let's figure out how to handle even more each other with care. To handle the, the truths of our God and his grace for us. He cares for us so much. He cares for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise.